Hey, everybody. Welcome here to uh, another episode of the XFL InfoWars show. And uh, we are coming to you from, from, I am here in sunny Japan watching uh, with uh, with the WBC Classic on with Japan right now in uh, the sixth inning facing off against America. And Dave is in upstate New York, uh, apparently without the game on. So, <laughs> because apparently uh, it's not uh, widely available. The game is not widely available in the States like it is here in Japan. Yep. How you doing, buddy? I've, been, I've, been, I've been following along on Twitter and watching Trey Turner hit all those home runs. So it's been fun. It's uh, yeah, no, this is, it was funny yesterday. Cause uh, you know, we got out of the house yesterday. It was a nice day and we were doing some traveling and stopped and some relatives. And so we got to the house, we got to relatives house um, right around the seventh inning when the rally started. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was very, it felt very much when, uh, Japan beat Mexico. For me, I, I to, told my wife, I go, man, this has a, a Cubs winning the World Series vibe. Yeah. So so we'll see what happens here. It's three to one. Uh, we're in the top of the sixth inning. And Japan's been pretty dominant throughout this tournament. So them almost losing that game yesterday, I think, served as a good wake-up call for them. Mm. But we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I just I just don't think if the U.S. didn't get a lead early, they just don't have the pitching. They don't, they don't have the horses to compete with Japan. And that, that's right. going well, to be the big yeah. difference, I think, at the end. Well, you know what? Funny you should mention it because when the numbers – so I'm watching the game. Everything, obviously, is in Hiragana, Katakana, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, Kanji. I mean, it's just I can't read anything. But I can read numbers. And I was looking at one number, and I'm like – and I just saw the ERAs. I'm like, ooh, man, this, you know, yeah. I mean, Japan has had some really, really tough pitching. But on the flip side is, offensively, very much reminded me of the St. Louis Cardinals back in the 80s, where they didn't have a lot of power, ball, power hitters, but they, it was all small ball. And that's mm-hmm. how they beat you, with singles and doubles. Watching watching these games when I get a chance, and a few of them are on Tubi, and they're on some different streaming services. Yeah. So I got to watch some of them, but these games reminded me of like sim baseball, 
when you can do a draft league and you and you have a, a pool to pick from, so you have a very good lineup. So it's going to yeah. skew where it's more offensive minded because I mean, let's face it, I mean, there's no lineup Trey Turner's ever batting in the nine hole, ever, right? Except this. So right. it, it's just one of those things where I didn't expect many one nothing games. Um, I expected the seven six, the, the yeah. five fours because there's just too much offense, just way too much. I mean. Otani's hitting 450. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. I didn't, I didn't realize that, but now, that. yeah, I didn't realize that, but now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that makes sense because I mean, it seemed like every other at bat he does something. I didn't realize what his er his uh, average was. Um, and in terms of, I haven't even looked or anything about on base percentage. I mean, um, the, t- the the Japanese team is amazing, and right now that um, I I honestly I'm looking out my window here and. Honestly, this is the quiet, quietest this town, the little town that I live in has been in a while. So my guess is everybody's like me in front of the TV with the game on. And they say this is going to be the, the at least baseball-wise, the biggest audience ever for a baseball game. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, they were hoping, I mean, MLB was hoping was this good because they, they really want to view this as the World Cup of baseball compared to soccer, but it is good to see so many countries like this is, I don't know if you saw the, the uh, poll, they, they talked to some players and they MLB players and they rated winning the world baseball classic or winning the world series, which would mean more to you. And I think, I think it was like four out of five players said the world baseball classic meant more than the world series. Because it, really? it, it's, it's, rep- it, it's representing their home. It's representing yeah. where they're from. Um, I mean, you can just see I me mean, Mexico. Like, all, like, so many of these teams were just oh, so yeah. incredibly fun to watch. Right. And then you saw, too, with uh, what's – I can't remember who the name. But who broke his – did he break his leg celebrating? Oh, he, he, he um, those Edwin Diaz, and he tore – ended up tear, touring his knee – and he's got he's, he's out for the year. I forgot the exact term, but he ended up just stepping funny and wrenching his knee, and he's oh, out for man. the year. That is just, I mean, only in a World Baseball Classic can you. See, I mean, you just think, and then just the tears on his face. It was just a, it was just a freak accident. But I mean, that just tell you how how hard they were partying. They were celebrating that win, and yeah. uh, it was a, it was yeah, a big it's win. It's a big win. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like the game against Mexico yesterday, huge win. I mean, and also, too, people forget the Japanese team. I swear to God, it was earlier in the week. They played their last game here. And to fly to Miami, and, you know, obviously, I'm sure it was a charter jet. It was first class all the way. But even with first class all the way from Tokyo to Miami, still a long-ass freaking trip. It Mm -hmm. took me two months to get over the jet lag when I got here. Yeah. And I was I was just flying from Chicago, so um, yeah. So, and then obviously you're going back the opposite way too, which is a whole nother level of difficulty. So yeah, so yeah, so here we are. We're watching. Like I said, got the baseball classic on, and uh, the nice thing is everything's in Japanese, so I can mute it because I know I'm not missing anything commentary wise because I can't understand it anyway. So figure cool. this would be a perfect time to talk. 
win, win or lose, they're not going back tonight. So they're going to be they'll, they'll be in Miami for they'll be they'll be in Miami for a few days. And don't right. be surprised if you have a handful of Japanese players getting contracts when this is all said and done. Well, that's yeah. I mean, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who they pick for they target say for next season because obviously exactly the yeah, season here is already yeah already starting and actually. Um, I'm looking forward. This is my first year living in Japan. So uh, Japanese baseball wise, you know, I still got to get caught up on my J league, uh, my J league team here. Uh, Cause I've missed the last two games, but I haven't, you know, I haven't followed them online or anything. So I can at least get caught up on the on-demand stuff, nice. but yeah, we're starting here at what next week with the regular season. So there'll be a lot of um, in my family. Um, everybody's a Tokyo giants fan. So there'll be a lot of Giants games on here with with my wife and my in-laws being here. Because now our place here is like the place to be because we've got the biggest place, um, you know, and it's, you know, it's it's nice being here after 25 years of being away to have family. So, yeah, it, it all it all works out and everything. So, yeah. well, let's while we're. Oh, go ahead. Real, I'm sorry. Real, real quick, they still have the ham fighters. Is that is are they is this? Yeah, the Nippon ham fighters. Are they yeah, still the around. Nippon ham fighters up in Sapporo, and uh, they got a new stadium this year, so it'll be interesting oh, nice. to see the new stadium. Yeah, they. Uh, it's one of the first new ones they've built in a long time too, because there's only 12 teams here. For yeah. people who don't know anything about Japanese baseball, there are two leagues: the Central League and the Pacific League, with six teams each. Um. There is interleague play now, but I mean, for, for years, much like back home, you didn't have interleague play. So, but you know, it's still, there's a week, couple of weeks of interleague play. Um, they, I, I would say they need more teams, but the, the population here is declining. So I can't foresee another, I don't see room in the market for another team, especially with the dwindling numbers. I mean, everybody's, this country's kind of aging out. And that's that's a whole ticking time bomb here for down the road for this place. But, you know, it's uh, yeah, so I could. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll always be six teams. And we're talking for I think population wise, it's about 130 million here. And, you know, you're talking by the end of the century, about 80 million. So that's a huge drop in population. But, you know, you think about it, too, man, um, where we're at technology wise and everything. I mean, the world's going to change so much in the next you know, 20, hell, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I, the changes we're already starting to see place here. And even here in Japan, I see ads for thing, for technology that I didn't realize had been invented. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, in the, in the next five, 10 years, you could, you could see uh, not so much a merger, but you could have interleague play with the Korean base, the, the Korean baseball. Oh yeah. KBO. So, I mean, yeah. so there's, there's, there's so many, there's so many, so many things that I mean, even the Taiwanese right. baseball league. I mean, there's there's so many opportunities to do yeah. things and not have to force or be having to push somebody a new team somewhere. So yeah, you um, and also China's up and coming too, and the Chinese. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're yeah Chinese, and you know, it kind of goes to you know talking about football. Um, you know um. You know, foot, yeah, foot, gridiron football is not a global sport, obviously, but, you know, you see the World Baseball League. And I mean, I've, you know, there's uh, if you've read the book Gridiron Cup, um, and I don't think you have yet, but it's very much about a what if, you know, like a World Baseball Classic. And it's just yep. it's 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 very it's it's a great intriguing idea. It'd be great if we 
you know, if we lived in a world where foot gridiron football was the main sport and, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's always fun to speculate, but at least with the world baseball classic, you think about it back when we were kids growing up, we didn't have this. So to see mm-hmm. this play out, we only knew about Japanese baseball through newspapers and what we read in books. And, and here we are, you know, third, third decade in the 21st century, we're watching everything live on TV via internet or via satellite. Mm-hmm. It, it is very cool. It is, it is very cool. I, I, I would do when I sit here at times to just still kind of marvel as to not only how I got here, but also to just the, how the, much the world has changed around me um, and the 30 years since I've been coming here. So, mm-hmm. so, but that's yeah. the great thing about, you know, like I said, the internet is a wonderful thing. I was telling somebody yesterday, um, you know, I can sit here and I can, you know, somebody asked me about, I, I don't feel like I'm, I mean, you're, you're literally half a world away from where I'm at yeah. right now. And it doesn't feel like you are. Um, no. So the technology, the internet, you know, God bless the department of defense. Um, they've given us, given us a lot of things in our lifetime, the internet being the primary one. So, yeah. So it allows us to, it allows us to sit here via video um, with our TVs on the background. And uh, today we're going to look at, uh, well, the latest news from the overnight. So I didn't sleep very well last night. I just got alert on my watch indicating, hey, basically telling me, hey, you slept like shit last night. Well, part of the reason why I slept shit like shit last night was I was getting a lot of flack from people on Reddit, from people on Facebook, from people on Twitter about let's call them my hot takes and my memes about Mm -hmm. the XFL, about attendance and everything. And during that whole period, boom, the ratings came out. Tell everybody, I'm going to let you have the first take on ratings because um, you can tell, you can tell, you can, you can break it down a lot better than I can. I mean, overall, they were not very good. I mean, the four games combined, slightly over a million total viewers um, is just, I mean, I I don't think anybody expected them to go up, but I don't think anybody expected them to drop this much. I mean, we are are literally from week one, it was a little over 3 million viewers to now week five with 1 million viewers. So basically you've lost 30% since the first week and honestly it doesn't even it, when you're getting 200,000 people to watch your game on with a rating is it even worth I mean just be honest is it worth talking about was the game good or not right yeah be, be, because the people watching it searched for it because they wanted to watch it. like those are people who wanted to watch it and I understand I was reading a lot about people are complaining about the, F- the XFL has to find better t- um, times. The games are on too late. They have, they have to next year get them on earlier. Unfortunately, it's not that easy because they don't, they don't own the time slots. They don't own these right. channels. So whatever agreement or however that agreement works with Disney and ESPN, they basically go, oh, we have this time slot available. So if you want to be on the air, you need to take this time slot or you're going to have prime time on ESPN plus. Right. 
And that, and that, that's really how it, that's really how it, that's really how it works. I mean, you just don't like, yeah, the game was at the, on Sunday night was 10 o'clock on the East coast. It was seven o'clock, seven o'clock, but it doesn't matter. That was the time slot that was available to them. Of course, if, if the seven o'clock time slot was available, they would have taken it, but right. it wasn't available. So that's why the game was on at the time it was. And, you know, and I understand about slotting stuff in for the ratings. And again, I spent way too much time as probably I think said, large part of why I didn't get a whole lot of sleep because I was just, you know, forget about all the rumors about Trump being arrested. I was worried about XFL ratings and I, I'm looking through. And then finally I, I got up early this morning and one of the first tweets I saw was from James Larson over at, um, with pro um, XFL newsroom, pro football newsroom. And I got to give him a lot. You know, I always throw shade on the XFL media because I, I know there, there's an inherent in, vested interest in the XFL succeeding. And I, and I understand that, but I'll tell you what, he, um, he called it right. He did not, he did not sugarcoat it. These are bad. These are bad numbers. And I got to give him a lot of props for that because he's the first XFL media person that I've ever heard. And again, I, this was the first thing I saw, so I'm not, but he called it, they're bad. They're bad. I mean, you know, nobody is writing the XFL off right now, but man, we're five weeks in now. This is where, and you know, for, you know, they, they said during the election, you know, about the Trump base, it's kind of baked in. And so I see these numbers and I see, you know, because each game is televised nationally and each game is played separately. So when I see a million, I, I, I divide that down to one fourth and basically it's the same people watching the same games. So you're, you're not even reaching a million people. You just have you know, for lack of a better, for a quarter million on each game. Mm-hmm. And most of those are the same. I mean, um, and so we're, we're, you know, they're not reaching a million people. And, 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 and the same thing with James. I, he, he did a really good job last year. Um, he also um, writes about the USFL as well. So, yeah, um, it was, and it was interesting comparison uh, because that's where it seems like everybody's going. Um, at this point where the USFL was in their ratings compared to where the XFL. And, and like I said, we've talked about this before. It's like an apples and orange because the, the, the USFL is there because Fox goes, we want you, we're going to showcase you where right. we want to. Yeah. And they're getting really good times because yeah, the people making that decision, write the bill or write the checks. Yeah. They own it. So, yeah. So it's just, I, I just, we, we had discussed before about, is this, is this the point where it bottoms out? I just don't, history tells you they don't go to a point and then from week six to 10, then work their way back up again. It, right, it, right. It, it doesn't, I mean, we all read the part where once we get through the, once we get through uh, March Madness, when the games are on primetime in ABC, I, I just, I, do, I don't see them pulling, going back to that 3 million yeah. because I don't see, I don't see 
anybody looking to spend the kind of money mid-season to rebrand it for ABC to really push it. Like, I, I just right. don't, I, right. I don't see them. And I didn't, I, I'll be honest, I didn't have a chance to take a look. For, for next time, I will, I will uh, find out what um, NBC and CBS has going on at, at the same time. It'll be curious of the weeks when ABC did pluck to put it on primetime, what's going on at that time at the other stations. Yeah. They're all planned out. They're all, they're all right. mapped out for years in advance on when things are going to be on. So they, they know when they know when they can take a chance and when they can't based yeah. on what it is. Right. And there's something else too, when it comes to, okay, so everybody's well, ABC this, and I'm just thinking practically. Okay. I'm, and I say this because I always jokingly say here in my household, actually my extended family now, and I, I, I'm the Navy, com, I'm the Navy communications officer. I'm the comms guy. And I'm going to use the world baseball classic as a good example. Okay. When I got here, it took me a while to configure my, my VPN and get all my services set up. Obviously, I didn't, you know, re being retired, didn't have to worry about, you know, doing it when I wasn't at work, you know, around my work schedule. So it, it took time for me to learn. But something I've learned is, is now we live in an age where everything is digital, everything is streaming. And since I'm not, I mean, up until I moved, I had direct TV, I had Comcast. And most of America gets their TV through cable or a satellite, right? If, if they have a, if it's air, if it's old fashioned TV, mm. okay. Nobody, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are and I'd have to watch the antenna guy on YouTube TV to find out. Cause this kid does a really good job about cord cutting and everything and explaining the process. But eight, but most, if, if you watch regular TV and if you have cable, I don't know what the numbers are on that, but let's just, let's just say that it's at least 50%. Well, then finding FX, finding FS1, finding ESPN is no harder or more difficult than tuning into Channel 7, say in Chicago on ABC. It's just up and down the dial. Mm -hmm. Or... Now you can just talk into your remote and it will pop up. Yep. And so this talk about how the numbers are going to be better on ABC, I don't, I don't get the logic in that. Maybe I'm just, you know, as an old Navy commander once told me when I was a young ensign, hey, Smith, hey, yeah. ensign, have you ever thought, you know, maybe have you ruled out the possibility that you're maybe just completely fucking stupid? And I'm sitting there going, I'm thinking, yeah, but I just remember for me to watch a World Baseball Classic, I had to go search for the thing. And it was on live local TV that I didn't know about. I don't know. I just I just find the whole thing, well, them going to ABC, it'll be easier. I think, I, I don't know. I don't buy that argument at all. Well, we'll find out. I mean, even. Yeah, we will. Not, it's, <laughs> this Sunday is the first ABC game at three o'clock in the afternoon. So and who's and who's playing that game? I forget. Uh, that's San Antonio uh, at Arlington. So basically, rematch of this past week, just flipping homes. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and those are two teams. I mean, 
I mean, neither team is drawn well at the box office. And no. attendance is a whole – I mean, attendance – attendance didn't really fall any further than what it has fallen. But most – ninety, you know, that's because of St. Louis and that we understand. But, you know, you look at San Antonio, their attendance dropped by half. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, I mean, you can blame a lot, but, you know, the product on the field obviously might play into it. But, you know, I mean, and again, I sound very flustered and very frustrated because I would love to be able to sit here and going, hey, things are going great. I know people, you know, bash me and say, you're an XFL hater. No, never hated the XFL. Always wanted to succeed. If you listen to the conversation, if people were listening here, think otherwise go listen to the conversation i had with with brett forrest who wrote the book uh long bomb about the xfl i i want spring football to succeed um and even i sat down with um kyle smith at the usfl project earlier in the week and we talked and again we're both i mean during that interview he had his you know his renegades hat on you know i had my xfl stuff proudly displaying in the background next to all my other football memorabilia nobody wants to see it fail but I think the owners have really done a disservice for it to it because they've pushed, and this is my opinion, I know, and Dave might, he might think otherwise here, but in my opinion, they have pushed, they have made marketing themselves, meaning Danny and the rock. It seems to me number one priority over the players, over the fans, um, and I hear other things. Well, they didn't have enough time to set up. You had two years to set up and you were given a playbook by Vince McMahon who executed that playbook very, very well. So counterpoint, you tell me, uh, you tell me what I'm missing here. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, if, if you're going to, I just looking at looking retrospect and looking back to say 18 months ago, yeah. I mean, I, I think without knowing the exact makeup of each one of these eight franchises. I I think they should, I, I, I wish they would have gotten on the ground running in the cities earlier and right. had a larger push for season tickets and tickets in general. It, it seemed like from the outside looking in, like from what, what we could see from where we all are yeah. is they announced it. And there was an expectation of, you did this before, you'll do it again. Right. And it it seems like attendance, you got that hardcore, but you didn't attract anybody else. And, there, and the thought process from a lot of people has been, once they see it, then these crowds are going to get bigger. Like, we saw all that about about St. Louis, and I hope the I hope this isn't a trend that we see where attendance is going down each game. I'd love to see fifty thousand people there, but right, it 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 the obviously the second home game was not the first home game, regardless of numbers you announced. It it just wasn't. It didn't have that same sound. It didn't look the same. Um, but I think. If they can get through, if they can get through the rest of this year and and really, we really dig in, I think one of the I think one of the opportunities they have is is to really and you hear fans and people talk about it as well that the teams weren't teams aren't connecting 
with the communities. And I think that's right. that's something need they need to get out and do. I mean, the, yeah. it's it's football. People are going to know what football is, and it's selling that it, it's selling it's it's finding that niche and selling that into your communities. Um, yeah. You're maybe right. it's looking. Maybe it's looking at the price of tickets, because the XFL tickets are very expensive. They're not NFL prices, but it's still it's still minor league football. Yeah, and you're looking at thirty five to one hundred and forty five dollars. You're pricing a lot of people out. So, yeah. um, and not, with not, with the way recommending go to the USFL model where it's like. You can get a season ticket for $25 because they just want people. It's right. finding that mix because their economic, their economic platform and base that they need to achieve in these eight cities is different. Yeah. And then also, too, I mean, you've got to factor in the cost of living, you got to factor in inflation. I mean, and but like you said, it, it talked, you know, about the community. I live in, you know, Bobby, where I, I'm here in Japan. We have um, a second-tier um, soccer team. You go everywhere around here. I don't care if it's down the street to the Coca-Cola machine. There is a Fagiano Okayama poster there. There is a presence of, of all these little minor leagues here in this town that, again, not, have, not having ever lit, not being in the States, obviously, but not really – on the ground there knowing what's going on. I know you're out of position too, but yeah, I mean, it's from what I'm reading and it's funny because, you know, we, we I always joke about social media is not the real world. Um, I've spent a lot of time now on Reddit and I got to say this much, and this is where I've got to give the folks at XFL Reddit a lot of, a lot, a lot of credit because their, their membership, I have, you know, twi- we have Twitter, and we have Facebook. And Facebook, I'm here to tell you, is is, is toxic. Is all the DMs and all of the, uh, I wouldn't say threats that I've gotten, but um, veiled threats. Uh, one person in particular runs at one of the XFL boards. Um, you know, I had to block him too. I mean, I was I, I was not happy with what I saw when uh, before I went to bed last night as to what he did which was completely uncalled for, but that's a whole nother subject. And I'm not going to, I am not going to open myself up to a subject of a lawsuit by naming him, but needless to say, I'm, I blocked him. Um, Twitter, Twitter's a little bit better. It seems like there's some reasonable discussion. You know, I think you and I have talked about this before you got fanatics. Well, the hardcore, hardcore partisan XFL fanatics are on Facebook. On Twitter, it seems to be a little bit more give and take now, and I don't know why that is. But again, it's social media. It's XFL Twitter. Um, It is what it is. But then you go to Reddit, and I tell you what, I have been going through Reddit and seeing what's being discussed. There's some really very good, thoughtful conversations about where the league's at and where it's going. And it was refreshing to read. It's like, and I wasn't going to comment on anything. I was not, I was not going to post any of my memes either. I wasn't going to do that because I'm thinking that's not going to add to the conversation. But I think fans, at least those in the Reddit community, are, are smart enough to see, okay, there, there's a huge problem here. And they have made, they've pointed out, hey, 
what's Danny, what's the rock doing? What, what is leadership doing? How come again, like you and I sitting here talking, why are we watching this thing implode when it shouldn't have imploded? I mean, version two didn't implode. I mean, it was declining, but it wasn't imploding. This to me is imploding. This has, I mean, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think the XFL 3.0 only wishes they had the ratings that the first XFL did at this point, because at least back then people were talking about the XFL. Nobody's mm-hmm. even talking about the XFL outside of the echo chambers, like our podcast and on Reddit, on Twitter, or even on Facebook. Well, and uh, I agree. And we had, we've talked about this, the financial side of this and, I was speaking in an earlier episode about how they had three different models. And obviously the model that they're looking at now is not the not good one. And I think right now, if, if ticket sales aren't what they were expecting, if ratings aren't what they expecting, then a couple things, couple things need to happen in the, in the background is, do they need a capital call from somebody? And what, what can they do to minimize or try and lessen the blow of losses the rest of the way? Because I don't, right. I don't think it, I, don't, I don't think anybody believes that the XFL is is in the black after five weeks. Um, expenses don't expenses don't change. You can you can figure out what those yeah. are, and it's really on. Yeah. I, I, I I don't I don't see it go I don't see it necessarily going away, but I think there's going to be some I think there's going to be some some uh, changes and and some looks on 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 how they proceed these last five weeks um, based on the outcome of the first five weeks right. that are re- they're really going to test some people um, maybe have some people eat a little humble pie. And really, I'm not saying addressing the financial side, but I, I just don't think the majority of people who comment on this truly understand the financial undertaking it, it takes to put this all together, to have right. eight different teams in different cities and fully, fully everything they possibly need and pay all these people and pick them all up and move them five times for a weekend and then bring them back. And then just, excuse me, just the whole, the the whole package. And I'm not, I'm not seeing any new advertisers on, on any of the broadcasts. So I'm not, I'm not really sure how, how that end is going. Um, but yeah. but we'll see. Like, there's there's a Saturday afternoons on ESPN, Sunday afternoons on ABC, and I'll be curious on Monday night. It is on FX, but I'm curious on a, how a Monday night game would go, and and obviously it's based on availability, and and obviously, I mean the DC United must be home this weekend. Like you, you, if, yeah, if, yeah. If DC's playing Monday night. Obviously, the facility is not available Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and this yeah. is the option they had. So, right. And at, at the end, of yeah, because right now, yeah, with MLS season with the soccer stadiums, yeah, I mean, there's 
there's that issue too. And obviously Audi Field is is a, a good example. Yeah, and I, I sent you that picture from the Sounders game um, yeah. this past weekend. I'm not sure you, you can faintly see the football number. So they scrubbed that thing well, but you could still see the lines. Yeah, yeah. Which made, which made, which made it interesting. Yeah, groundskeeping has become an art now when converting fields because in the old days, um, you know, you see it in the CFL. You see, still see the soccer lines there, and they swap out. Um, I always, always found that fascinating how they how they're able to reconfigure a stadium for football um, so quickly and so easily. Obviously, it takes time, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and it would be you know, I just even. Listen, a steady, even a steady 15,000 for each team would be great at this point. Because none of us are expecting, you know, 40,000. It'd be great if each team could get 40,000, but realistically, they're not. And obviously, any talk of expansion is, is way premature. I mean, relocation obviously is going to have to be talked about for next year. But, you know, and I'm sure whatever leases they have, say in Vegas, can be easily broken. Um, with with you know, again money yeah you know, money solves a lot of a lot of problems so um you know everybody keeps talking about san diego orlando i don't know how you fix orlando i mean that's that's i don't know the market down there very well i mean i do you know i had a friend got a, a podcast buddy of mine who i asked him hey you going to the guardians game his response was Fuck that. i'm not going uh, so you've got that Again, Orlando is one of those places. There's a lot of other things to do. It's spring. It's, you know, um, I don't know how you fix Orlando. I mean, there are obviously markets that would, in theory, sound good. One market in particular, I'll throw this out, Tucson. Tucson is an – yeah, Tucson, Arizona. They got a stadium. They've got a couple stadiums you could you could use either a minor league ballpark at the University of Arizona ball field, and uh, I've been to a game at the University of Arizona, so that's why I'm just sitting there going, yeah, it'd be a night, you know, February and and March in Tucson, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, and there's nothing else competing with with, you know, I mean, obviously you got the basketball team there, but you also have the college. I mean. There, I just, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, my take is that a lot more study needs to be done. There are more possibilities. Um, by if you're going to relocate teams, some of these untapped markets that, um, you know, even Nebraska, everybody keeps talking about Omaha. So, like the United Football League, and, you know, when they did that, and Randy Snow over at the World of Football podcast is on his podcast this week, and I haven't listened to it yet, is going to do a history lesson on the United Football League. And I'm like, at first I woke up and I'm like, I go, which USFL? Now again, I was just waking up from 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 a, sleep, from a bad sleep. I go, which USFL are you talking about? Like, oh, oh, you meant UFL. Got it. that's one. That's another one of those those leagues that you wonder, you scratch your head wondering, what were they thinking? And it just seems to me with XFL 3.0, it has a UF, UFL UFL feel at this point. It just it just you know except in st louis and uh but like you said now did the did the crowd i didn't look uh, a deep dive into the numbers but how did the crowd in st louis compare to the first week they were at home was there a drop or was it about steady 
they, they announced they announced three thousand less, but it it looked like it was it, it the number looked between twenty five and thirty, and they they announced thirty five. You know, it's, personally, it looked like it was a it was, it was a decent drop off from the from the yeah. first game, but. Yeah. But they say you can announce anything. It really, it really comes down to it. You can really announce whatever you want. Like it's right. Well, it's something I've learned with you, and also to talking about lessons learned. You know, before I got on the um, on the horn with you here, Arlington Lane with the X Factor show. Him and I were going back and forth on Facebook, and we're talking about streaming numbers because we haven't even really talked about streaming today. But he indicated that the streaming numbers will come out. And I was not aware of this, probably should have been, but I wasn't. That streaming numbers will come out, but they're going to come out within like a month or something. And so Mike, and this sounds very, I'm going to go all Alex Jones Infowars on this one. Here's my conspiracy theory on this. If the ratings on streaming were good, we would know about it from XFL front office. They would put out a press release, much like they did when they pushed their tequila and their Zoa energy drink, into some type of press release. Hey, the numbers aren't out yet, but we're here to tell you our streaming numbers are looking great. But they're not. I mean, you know, I mean, again, without knowing, you know, there's NDAs and there's legal stuff and that, but I know, I know this much about, you know, just because you can't tell somebody something doesn't mean you can't tell somebody something. Um, you know, it's, you know, the old adage is, look, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny, you know, it, it's, it's not so much what you say, it's just how you say it. And there hasn't even been that. So that tells me that they're, they're in the, the, the streaming numbers are nothing to write home about. Well, in, in streaming I don't know. I, I guess I've, I've always looked at streaming numbers as what's the total universe that can see this program. Right. Because once the game is on, it's there forever. Right. So is this, is this a streaming number of the people who watched it live or is this a streaming number of every single person that's ever clicked on this game? So if I go back and watch something to, to get ready for our, our discussion, does that count me as two or three times? Yeah, so that's a good point. I, I guess I've always looked at that. Say there's, say there's 9 million people. There's 9 million um, subscriptions for ESPN+. Plus. We're making up a number. If, if they have 1 million total views, are they going to say one in nine people who have ESPN+, Plus? watch the XFL. I mean, you can, as you said, you can, yeah. you can take these numbers and move them. However, however yeah. you want to, for the narrative you're trying to right. sell. But yeah. to me, view, I mean, unless, unless you're as an example, a Ted Lasso where you are only on Apple plus and right. you're getting, making up a number 40 million people viewing your episode each week then that's something that show can take and monetize it. Right. But I'm not right. I'm not sure the XFL say, say they come out and say two million people are watching it. I'm not sure where they go with that. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not sure if that really means anything at the yeah. end of the day. Like, because I don't know what that number is. Yeah. 
Well, and I mean, also it was telling too, when I was going through, you know, the press reports and, um, you know, I'm not a, not a big Mike Mitchell fan at XFL news hub at all, but I did read the article he wrote about the ratings and different tone than every other article I've ever read of his. And much like Mr. Larson, there was a sense of reality setting in. This ain't looking good. So I'm happy to see Mike. Mike is actually uh, not spinning like he normally does when it comes to the XFL. And I mean, you can be a cheerleader for the league all you want. I mean, I mean, we we want the league to succeed, but we are obviously realist and you know a real. Um, as my political, one of my political science professors used to call it, real politics. The reality is, is what the reality is. And when I see XFL News Hub actually being critical of the XFL, I'm like, oh, okay. Now, now it's serious because that's an organization that's always been on, you know, very much pro XFL. And, you know, they want to support the game and they want to support the league and that's understandable. But, you know, now... But when you take a critical eye and you're going to say, okay, great. But, and it's, it's nice to see them actually doing that. Now, how long they'll do that, I don't know. But, um, but the other thing too with the XFL, just talking about the media coverage is there has been no media coverage. I'm over here in Japan. And this just tells you, cause I got, sometimes I got way too much time in my retirement here. Um, I'll literally sit here again, turning out, have Japanese news on TV on. So I, I can, I can watch pictures, but I can't understand what they're saying. So I'll just go through my phone and just type in, in different browsers and search engines, XFL news, XFL. And there is nothing being reported about the league anymore. It's just like crickets. And, you know, I mean, there used to be a time when you type in XFL news and XFL news hub would pop up everywhere. I'm not even seeing that anymore. So, um, I, I'm, and are you seeing the same thing or is it, is it something G? Because I'm in Japan, maybe it's something different I'm I'm dealing with, or it's Al. I don't. Know. What do you think? The, the only thing I'm seeing is ESPN, and then the local beat reporters. I guess you would say the the cities yeah. that they're playing in. Like Saint 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 Louis has has a good sports department for all their outlets. So yeah, Saint Louis. Yeah, stuff. they're doing actually a pretty um, good job of covering the, the Battle Hawks. But I mean, it's really it's really that's it. It's XFL content. Um, yeah. ESPN, and then the cities. If there's someone there right. who's covering it yeah. as a beat, but it's not I mean, even the first and second iterations. You were getting art. You're getting articles from the New York Times. You're getting articles from the yeah. LA. You're you're getting articles from national um, outlets that just there's there's no teams in these markets, so there's right. there's no. They're, 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 there's enough stuff to write about in their own local market that they're not going to risk this or yeah. some editor is going to go, you're going to write about what? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, and it's funny too, because I mean, again, I, I live in a different, completely different world and we've got the X league over here and I'm in my retirement here. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Well, nobody's covering the X league and I got a little blog. I got a little podcast earned zero money from it, but I like to write and I like to do, you know, at 55, I'm, I'm able to indulge in my, you know, 12 year old hobbies again and being able to write about stuff. And there's a lot of, and when I'm, where I'm going with this is sometimes I'll run across bloggers. I'll run across, there was one, I forget who, who another podcaster just started up 
wrote a very critical article, a well, great article, but very critical about the CFL, about what needs to be done. And I go, this is what we need more of in the XFL. Independent voices, young voices saying, hey, you need to fix this. Because especially the younger generation, they're more tuned in. I mean, you and I are tuned in, but let's face it, we're of an age now. I mean, we remember when there were three, only three channels on the TV. We're not as social media savvy. We're not as, I mean, I don't know how it is with you, but when I play, you know, say Madden with, uh, with the kids in my family, I get freaking torched. I can't keep up with them. So, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is the younger, I'm hope, hopeful to see the younger generation maybe just step up and become, you know, take it upon themselves, you know, right. You know, aspiring journalists take, don't go work for pennies at some at, at some at some you know fan news organization. Do it on, right on your own. Be your own writer. Be your own voice. And hopefully, for anybody aspiring to be in journalism. But that also brings up another point. Here is is um, a lot of these news organizations. Local journalism is going away, and we're seeing it die out. I mean, I still have a local paper. I don't know about you, but a lot of these local papers are dying out and including in the big cities. I mean, I remember a time when Chicago, I think I was born when I was born, there were four city dailies. Now there's only two. Um, And I remember when the Chicago daily news closed down, how big of a deal that was, but you know, you get other, some cities, I mean, I was talking about somebody about Vegas um, in terms of their sports departments have been gutted out there. So um, yeah, I get it why there's no coverage, but just there's zero XFL coverage really anywhere um, that is independent and critical. And uh, but it so like it's going back to what I was saying, it was nice to see both XFL Newsroom and XFL News Hub have something out there looking at the ratings going, yeah, these suck. This is not good. Something needs to change. But the question is, is anybody at the top listening? And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think anybody is. I think, I think the people running the league are too worried about their own self-image at this point. Looking at it also, it's like if you're looking to create that discussion, then they should be reaching out to media outlets or newspapers or, or whoever, Sports yeah. Illustrated or 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 something. But I guess. When your when your attendance is not the best, your ratings aren't the best. It's going to be hard to go to Sports Illustrated or or go to another national sports service, whether it's Barstool or or somebody who has a, a viewership. Um, I mean. It's not, it's not, it's not wrestling anymore, but if they really, if they really wanted to, they, they should have done a better job of harnessing in Pat McAfee. Yeah. And, and, and getting him, and it's like, you can't make him get on board. That's the whole thing. It's just right. one of those things where, but if you don't have a good base at the beginning, it's hard to do that midstream and try and create it because you can't expect you can't expect that level of a journalist to not talk about attendance issues, 
not talk yeah. about rating issues and just write an article saying, I've had sliced bread. This is better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because, and that, you know, I, I keep thinking, you know, you just mentioned it about sitting down. I would love, if you remember, I remember vividly, and it's on YouTube, If I, I think it's still on YouTube, but that conversation with Bob Costas and Vince McMahon. That's the type of conversation I want to see Danny Garcia have with a legitimate news outlet. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it reminds me of the politicians, how polished they are and everything. Uh, there are some politicians that are really good at sitting down one-on-one. -on -one. And again, I'm not throwing politics around. I don't mm -hmm. like talking politics if I don't have to. But there's a difference when, I mean, a guy like Pete Buttigieg, when he sits down with Fox News, there's a real discussion. Uh, and again, I'm partial on this because I'm actually friends with Pete. I've known the man for years. Um, you know, politics aside, he's a wonderful human being mm -hmm. and, and uh, somebody who I trust. But when he decided to go on Fox, he went in, in the lion's den and he handled it well. And that's what I'd like to see when it with Danny Garcia. Go sit down with somebody from ES, somebody who doesn't have a vested interest in your league. And if that means you sit down on ESPN, I wouldn't even consider if ESPN has a vested interest, but sit down with, say, Bob Costas, say, with, and, you know, one of the networks that has no skin in the game and have the hard questions. And now, especially now, five weeks in, much like Costas did with McMahon, the attendance, the marketing. I, I'm curious if we're ever, I don't think we're ever going to see that. But I just don't, I don't see the platform for them to do that. Um, at the time, Costas had that nightly show. Yeah. Which was, which was perfect. Um, I'm just, I'm going to start naming ones. You're not going to go on Colin Coward. I mean, I'm just, I'm, no. I'm, 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 I'm saying I'm walking through. Um, are, are you going to, is, is real sports with Brian Gumble interested in this? Like it, it just, it just, I don't see, I don't see the, the, the platform available that would either do them well or expose like, like there's there's nobody out there there's no like go to sit down yeah there's we really don't have right. that like we have each each platform has their own we don't person. Have, we don't have and we're dating ourselves here but we don't have a mike wallace from 60 minutes anymore in sports we really don't I love Dan Patrick. I think Dan Patrick could actually be the perfect person to sit down with. Um, but again, his, I, I, you know, first of all, they're never going to agree to go and talk with Dan Patrick because Dan Patrick's going to ask the hard questions because Dan Patrick, well, I mean, he is employed by NBC, obviously with in part, I mean, they do have him on, but I, I Hey, NBC was willing to let Costa sit down with Vincent Mann. And they were both at the time get money from the same the same network for different reasons. And I was watching the X. This was the XFL, and Costas indicated he goes basically that was done by NBC. He goes, I, I was surprised NBC allowed it to happen, but NBC needed to, you know at that point NBC was losing credibility, and they point well, we got to have Bob, you know, and if it, you know they were just at that point. I just 
they were about ready to throw in the towel anyway. So, but yeah, they need to, you know, the, the leadership needs to sit down. I mean, any, I mean, it's like with Randy Ambrosi in the CFL. I always have an issue with Randy Ambrosi. Um, it seems like he gets softball questions all the time up, up north. And I have yet to see him sit down other than the time he sat, I forget it was a parliamentary committee, but it was, but it had to do with money and he was getting thrown hard questions. He couldn't answer them. And oh. go ahead. Sorry. I mean, oh, I no, no. Yeah, he couldn't answer, but you need to, when you're a, when you're the head of an organization, the base of an organization, you need to be able to either answer the hard question or be able to turn to somebody and going, we need to get that. We need to get this question answered because I do not have it. We need to be able to get it answered. I mean, it's a military thing too. I've been briefed yeah. and been grilled. So, I mean, and I say that from personal experience because many times I've sat in a front in a briefing room with, you know, one and two stars and yeah, it's a humbling experience when you don't know the answer to really a simple question that you should have known going in. Um, and I'm not saying you got to play stump the chump with them, but again, nobody's asked even, a, a hard question that one would that would be an easy fastball. It's a hard, yeah. easy fastball. They don't even get that thrown at them. And, and I, I would say, I of, of all the commissioners, I would place Randy in the most difficult position because of how the ownership model of yeah. the CFL is in place. You right. have community, you have mega entertainment, and everything right. else in between. Yeah. And yeah, I it's so unlike the NFL. Yeah, it's you're right. I you have Roger Goodell, who's a united front. Basically, basically, there's of, of course you don't have every owner, but as long as he has twenty four, he's going to have a job. Right. Yeah, and with the and I don't, I don't know how the CFL necessarily, how this works, but I, I can't imagine Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, uh, are looking at the same decisions that Toronto is making right. on, on every issue. So yeah. I just, I can't, I, I, I can't see BC going, ooh, a team in Halifax? This is fantastic. Yeah, um, that's that's true. That's a good. So that's a good point. I'm curious on what Randy gets leeway in answering these questions because he's got different people in his ear yeah. going, "We don't want this. Right. We want this. You can't have this." Like, like it, it's just yeah. hard. It's yeah, and also too, the CFL has a has a history of just not renewing. You know, see, the commissioner's contract only runs for so long, and. You know, like, okay, we're not going to renew it. And they've had, I mean, in our lifetimes, I, I've lost count how many commissioners they've had. So, well, and, and I agree, a, and a, I, agree, there, I, yeah, I agree with you there with the CFL. Then there's a, there's a lot riding with this, um, with it, Genesis, the, the whole way to connect and, and grow the, the league offline. I like saying not so much of the, on the game itself, but everything else. Yeah. It'll be it'll be really curious to see how this all comes comes into play and and how it grows. As long as it's growing in the states, as long as it's growing outside yeah. of Canada, even if it's incrementally, right? 
it, it, that's a good thing because I think you're always going to have, uh, this is how I'll equate it to the XFL. You're going to have that Canadian base that's always going to be there. Right. They're yeah. just going to be there. Yeah. And then if you can sprinkle in enough, <laughs> excuse me, of everywhere else, um, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna keep growing. I mean, it's just gonna, it's gonna keep chugging along. And yeah. if you have the, if you have six billionaires um, who want to spend money and do this, it seems like the community-owned teams are always making money. So it, it, it's one of those things where I would, I would, I would always like to see more, but more cost more. And I think they're a little leery on what's that return going to be. Right. Like if, if, if I'm like the community manager of the Rough Riders and someone goes, look, for $500,000, we're going to be able to do this, this, this. Well, that's our profit from this year. Or, or we make up yeah. million dollars and that's half yeah. our profit. I have to convince these shareholders to do this. Right. And yeah. There, and, and there's nothing associated with that. That's going to, nothing's yeah. ever 100%. Nothing's ever golden, right. but it, it, it's hard when people see the wheel and it's rolling down the road. Do I really need to change it or do I need to tinker yeah. with it? Yeah. Well, and that's what the, you know, the old adage is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But with that said, we're entering in a new, yep. we're in a new age now. We're electronic, Matt. Things all, all things digital matter. And, you know, with the CFL, the one thing the XFL has over the CFL right now is the XFL has an app. I can go to the phone. I can check scores with the CFL. And I don't know. I mean, I mean, I've moved, but I mean, my CFL app wasn't working back in the States on my phone. So it's these little, it's these little things that you, all of us fans, I think take for granted. I mean, we take for granted because the NFL has them and to me. And I know it's, un, you know, you can't always compare, but the NFL has an app, the NHL, the MLB. You know, if you're one of these minor leagues, and we'll call them, call them minor leagues for this discussion, you've got to have digital interactivity. And, you know, outside, say, your Instagram, your Twitter, and your, uh, um, your TikTok, you got to have guys like you and I. Hey, I want to go check my scores. Well, you know, well, shit, okay, where's my CFL app? Oh, go to TSN. Well. Oh, now I got to go download the TSN app. I mean, there's just so many steps involved. And it kind of goes back to talking about the streaming, about everybody's crowing about streaming. Anybody who's crowing about streaming, either they know exactly how to, because there's a maze you've got to go through to yep. get to your game. Um, for me, I've got to do a whole nother step with the VPN setup too, every time I log on. So I don't, I mean, I, I don't, the XFL is not making it easy really for anybody. And obviously if their streaming numbers are great, I, I, I would have thought they would have at least hinted as, Hey, they're really, really good. And maybe I'll go take a look at those press releases and maybe, maybe I'm just misreading what's being put out, but I don't know. But even then, you know, we're, we're at a point now where perception is reality. And the perception now is, is this thing is just failing. <sighs> failing worse in a way than what the first iteration did the only difference is the first one was such a public spectacle of failure this is a failure nobody's really talking about now and i you know um i was going round and round with somebody on facebook right now about 
he said, well, the XFL is only hasn't like, I go, no, 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 the XFL has been around 22 years. No, it's only been around uh, less than a season. I go, no, in the public's mind, the XFL has been around for 22 years. And the people equate the term XFL, you know, I mean, there, there's that image of the XFL blimp deflating and falling. I mean, that's the image people still have. And then, you know, outside of our, our echo chambers, our spring football, our football history echo chambers. Um, and you and I both, you know, we have, when we sit down with our regular, you know, outside of our sports history group, you know, I mean, I sit here and I got to explain sports history to my wife. I got to explain, you know, even with the world baseball classic, which by the way, is in the bottom of the eighth and Japan is still winning, but I, I bored my wife to tears explaining to her why the Florida Marlins are now called the Miami Marlins and why they play at Home Depot, I'm sorry, Lone Depot Park. And then I got, you know, then she started rolling her, her eyes started glazing over when I started talking about the history of what used to be there, the Orange Bowl. So, um, so yeah, so outside our bubbles, nobody, I always say people equate the XFL with, with failure. Was it a failure in the sense that it went? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it again, depends what side you're looking at. I mean, I look at it, you and I, I think, kind of look at it. Yeah, while it didn't fail maybe in the box office or even on the field, without the XFL, we might not have Skycam. Without these other leagues that have failed, we might not have a lot of innovations that we have today. Um, though the World League of American Football, if you remember, had the helmet cam, and that just never quite caught on. <laughs> It was quite good at the time. It was too clunky at the time. It It was, it was, it was, but you know, technology, but I don't think really kitty, you know, we don't have the helmet camp. I'm okay with that because, you know, I mean, you and I have both strapped helmets on in our, our, our youth. And uh, you know, there are times I watch hit people take hits on the field and I'm like, yeah, that just, I know that I know. Well, that looks painful. Oh, trust me. It is painful. So um, so with that said, before we wrap up here, um, and again, we're going into the, into the bottom of the eighth here, two outs, Japan is up. So we got a half inning left here before the celebrations hopefully begin here in Japan. But it's, it, you know, you, after what happened last yesterday with Mexico and everything, I mean, it ain't over till it's over. So, but before we wrap up, just real quickly, the games were all competitive. All the games were competitive. It was a good week. Um, so hopefully going into this week, and that was a thing too on Reddit, people were complaining, well, he's, they're not covering the games. No, well, we've kind of, I've told it, I mean, we did in our first episode going, we're focused on the business. We're talking outside the lines here. We're trying to look at what's being said in the media about the league and just cut through the spin. And that's something I think we've been able to do each episode. Um, for, you know, so for those who are listening and people that, uh, you know, listening to us for the first time, I apologize. We aren't talking about the games, but we're here to talk about the business and the future of the league. The players, I mean, and the players are a huge part of the league, but unfortunately with the way the business of football is, a lot of these guys that are playing this year may not be around next year. They might be in the NFL. They might be in the CFL, but for our purposes, at least for this initial season, I wanted to talk about the business because, listen, the players always play hard. The employees always work hard. But ultimately, in the end, it's the executives and the business planners 
that cause leagues like the XFL to fail. So that's why we're having these discussions and yeah, taking a critical look at the media and, you know, I mean, I don't like bashing on anybody, but it is and I bad. And I wouldn't say I bash really on anybody since we started this thing. I know I really do it pretty hard on, on Twitter, but it is nice to see now that the XFL media is starting to come to grips with reality because um, if, if the league doesn't change its ways here and we're almost, we're at the midway point of the season and about a week in a way, we're going to be at the midway point of the entire thing. You know, will there be a season two? Yeah, there'll be a season two. But the question is, will anybody care or be watching in season two? So with all that said, Dave, I'm going to let you have the final word and um, we will sign off from here and we'll, I'll keep, and then I'll do play by play here in the final inning here of the, of the, of the, the world baseball classic before I let you go after we hit the stop button. Well, hopefully coming, coming into this next week, we have uh, another set of four competitive games. Um, We're looking forward to see how everything comes across on ESPN Saturday afternoon and then ABC on Sunday afternoon, Uh, typical football times, maybe not a time of the year, but um, said, Look, looking, looking forward to some more competitive football. And as I said, there's, there's good storylines with these players. I mean, yeah, I, I will by no means be giving um, what I believe would be credible breakdowns of these teams and what they're doing. Um, there's many outlets that do that. That's not my strong right. suit. Yeah. Um, but um, ho- hopefully, atten- hopefully attendance is decent to good. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm not. The, the big draws are on the road, so it'll be interesting to see um, what these teams are. Like you talked about Orlando. Um, I'm curious if a competitive team in Orlando makes a difference, even going back to the old USFL days. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando struggled because the team wasn't good. Right. Um, and that and that's really that's really some of the things. It's like we're expecting – I mean, Las Vegas won this past week, so that's great. They have one win, right. but St. Louis is good. Seattle is good. So am I expecting Orlando and, and Vegas to win? No. Um, San Antonio and Arlington should be – possibly could be the one of the better games this weekend. Houston, D.C. will be good. But yeah. just playing, playing back-to-back now, swapping out, it'll be, be interesting to see if, if things – boil over from having to play the same team back-to-back weeks. So right. there's, some, there's, there's, there's good yeah. storylines yeah. as, as things heat up for the playoffs. Yeah. And this past week, all the games were close. I mean, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better slate of games. I mean, they yeah. were close really up until the end. And that's the thing about this league, the quality of football as we've gone on has been gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I sit there, I turn, I tune the games out in the morning here and I'm, I'm and it's one of those things, the XFL, Unlike the first version, uh, and, the, and kind of the first version, the same thing too. It took a while for the the games got better as time went on, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where we're at now. And 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 that's the thing with all these games, and even the announcers have gotten better. I mean, they're still homers for the league, but that's okay. That's they get paid by the league. I understand what their job and their purpose is, and um, you know. But when it comes to the players and the team, yeah, all the games, it's worth watching. Anybody who is not watching the XFL really needs to watch it. Um, but obviously there's a whole other side of it and that's the side that's going to make or break this league. And that's the, 
the media side of it, the business side of it. And that's why that's what Dave and I like to talk about, because uh, like Dave said, we're not, uh, you know, we love sports, but man, I don't have the, I don't have the expertise to break down X's. I mean, I'm an arm, I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm an armchair, I'm an armchair analyst. And, you know, I mean, honestly, yeah, you know, I, I can barely call the right plays in Madden. I can barely call the right plays in sim football. My opinion about how a guy does on the field for somebody who barely made the second string in high school, eh, no. Though other guys can can break that stuff down. They're better suited for us. But you and I, I mean, we're old guys. We're sports historians. And we like to, you know, we the business end of it is, to me, has always been the fascinating part of, um, you know, leagues like the XFL. And if, you know, if you've ever gotten a shout out to Tim Hamlin with his show with the uh, Good seats still available if you're interested in and hearing about defunct leagues, about the business of sports. His is really it's it's kind of the gold standard of sports uh, history podcasts, including all those over the Sports History Network, which uh, I am on over at the from the 55 yard line. And, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that I sat down with um, Kyle Smith with the USFL project. Uh, And we did talk spring ball over there. So, hey, with all that said, everybody, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we will be talking to you next week. Goodbye. Come on. Take a risk, damn it. Just play your position and stop all the bullshit right now. Please. You know, Muki? Baseball's a game. Games are supposed to be fun.
just take your base and get with the program. You too, huh, Max? You know the one thing I didn't miss about playing in the States? is putting up with hot shots like you. Nah, I don't even have that anymore. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. 